Welcome to this episode of Sound Bites, a podcast series produced by the National Psoriasis Foundation, the nation's leading organization for individuals living with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. In each episode, someone who lives with psoriatic disease, a loved one, or an expert will share insights with you on living well. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to our podcast and join us every month at SoundBites for more insights on understanding, managing, and thriving with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. My name is Corinne Pettit, and welcome to today's episode, which is the last in the series for Psoriatic Arthritis Action Month. We hope you've enjoyed the episodes you've heard so far. My guest speaker today is one of the country's leading rheumatologists, Dr. Elaine Husney who is Vice Chair of the Department of Rheumatic and Immunological Diseases, Director of the Arthritis and Musculoskeletal Center, Director of Clinical Outcomes Research, and Endowed Chair of the Translational Functional Medicine Research at Cleveland Clinic. Dr. Husney treats patients with a wide range of musculoskeletal diseases and systemic conditions such as rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, and osteoarthritis. Dr. Husney is also a member of the National Psoriasis Foundation's Board of Directors. Dr. Husney is here today to discuss the process and tests used to confirm diagnosis of psoriatic arthritis. Welcome, Dr. Husney. Thank you for joining SoundBites. So we know that psoriatic arthritis affects 30% of people with psoriasis, and it often goes undiagnosed, but yet undiagnosis can lead to functional impairment of joints, a decrease in quality of life, and even disability. Why do you think this delay in diagnosis occurs, and what's the average length of time to be diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis? Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to connect with you all on sound bites on this topic that I'm passionate about in terms of screening for psoriatic arthritis. Healthcare professionals in general do not always recognize the signs and symptoms of psoriatic arthritis, and I think that's what probably makes it most challenging to find these patients in terms of asking why we have a little bit of a delay in diagnosis, and it's been difficult to to sort of refer them in a timely manner. Recent research has shown that as little as six months in a delay in diagnosis can lead to functional impairment. So we're really eager to close this clinical care gap for our patients. Luckily, the opportunity to close this gap is multiple. We have many ways that we can address this gap. First of all, given the wide spectrum of symptoms that patients can present with, Sometimes they can present to a primary care physician, a podiatrist, an orthopedist, or a chiropractor. So that just gives you a sampling of how patients might first present, and thus more educational programs in these areas outside of dermatology and rheumatology may be helpful. So it really depends on the first type of healthcare provider that the patient sees that may help close this gap. So if we make ourselves more aware in all these other disciplines, perhaps will make it easier to get to a timely diagnosis where referrals can be made to dermatologists and rheumatologists. There's also a component of patient education that's important. So many patients with psoriasis may be unaware that these musculoskeletal symptoms, these joint symptoms that they have may be linked to psoriatic arthritis. Now, the NPF has done a wonderful job in many programs to help patients become more self-aware, patients that have psoriasis, to be aware of their joint symptoms. But there's also a fine balance, right? Because not every joint symptom that somebody with psoriasis has is going to lead definitely to psoriatic arthritis either. So to make things more complicated, there are many joint symptoms that mimic psoriatic arthritis but are not really psoriatic arthritis. So what do I mean by that? 
So many of us decide to exercise, and when we do, we might do it in a very rigorous manner, and we start getting some musculoskeletal pain after we are exercising. We call those sort of the weekend warriors. And if you have psoriasis, you might get confused, like, oh, wow, did I overdo it myself, or am I really developing a psoriatic arthritis-like picture? Some people can develop gout, which is another type of inflammatory arthritis that has really nothing to do with psoriatic arthritis, but patients with psoriasis can also get gout. So I'm bringing these examples up just to show you that there are also mimics to psoriatic arthritis that present as joint pain. So it is important to get properly diagnosed. So really in order to get early diagnosis of psoriatic arthritis, it's really crucial to rule out those other conditions that I just talked about because they can resemble the disease and they can delay appropriate therapies that could occur for these other types of diseases. So in general, there's many reasons why there has been a little bit more difficulty for a timely diagnosis, and it occurs in in all levels. It occurs in the levels of the healthcare professionals that we see and educating them, especially those that are outside of rheumatology and dermatology, and as well as patient education, where we really need to focus on having psoriasis patients really aware of the symptoms and also not jump to conclusions, because as I had mentioned, there's some mimics that also need to be ruled out. Well, that's certainly why we're here today, to encourage our listeners to learn more about psoriatic arthritis. So as part of the discussion about diagnosis, we also know that there's no single test that can be used to indicate if someone has psoriatic arthritis. Why is that? Great question. You know, many times you go to the doctor's office and you get a lab test or and you get an exam and you sort of have a an answer or diagnosis on the first visit. I will tell you that when you do visit with a rheumatologist, psoriatic arthritis workup, does require many items, not just a single lab test. We commonly need to review your history. So how you got to this place with joint pain, we need to look at an exam. We look at your small joints, your large joints. We look at some laboratory values. We look for your complete blood count to see if you might have anemia. We look for some tests that show whether or not you have inflammation, such as a CRP. And then we also look at imaging data, if that's appropriate, meaning certain joints that may not do well on the exam, that shows us a limited range of motion or shows us some swelling. We may want to do some imaging to help make the diagnosis. So we don't always do all this right on the first visit. So it's really important to note that when you see a rheumatologist, we do do all this workup not just a single blood test to help diagnose you. And since psoriatic arthritis is a chronic disease, it's a lifelong disease, we do not make this decision lightly. Even though there's no cure currently for psoriatic arthritis, the symptoms can be managed very well with a multitude of both pharmacologic and non-pharmacologic treatment options. So I think one of the most important things is to get diagnosed, to get properly diagnosed, because as I had mentioned previously, there are many different things that could mimic psoriatic arthritis. And then once you get to the proper diagnosis, you want to also see where you fit in that spectrum of psoriatic arthritis. It's not really one treatment for all. We have many different treatments depending on how you present with either mild disease, moderate disease, or severe disease. So it's really a a spectrum and a constellation of signs and symptoms that we look for at a visit. And I don't want patients to be alarmed that the first time they see a rheumatologist that they're going to expect their entire therapy regimen sort of laid out. We really take this diagnosis with a large spectrum of different exam findings and labs and imagings that we put together in order to make a more personalized plan for each patient with psoriatic arthritis. 
So you mentioned some of the steps you use to diagnose psoriatic arthritis. Can you tell us a little bit about screening measures commonly used for psoriatic arthritis? Yes, screening measures has been a tool to use, especially because we know that there's a clinical care gap, meaning that there are many patients that may not be diagnosed in a timely manner, as I had mentioned previously. So there's been a lot of research looking at validated screening measures, and there are many that are out there, which is great news. It's important to understand how each tool is used. The most common validated and published screening measures include the PEST, which is the psoriasis epidemiology screening tool, the PACE, which is the psoriatic arthritis screening and evaluation tool, and the Toronto psoriatic arthritis screen. There are also some others that are in the literature, but I'm just going to stick with the most common ones because these show very good specificity and sensitivity. But they are used in different populations, and this is what's important to note. So what do I mean by that? So the PACE, for example, the psoriatic arthritis screening and evaluation, is really focused only on the dermatology population, meaning PACE has been studied and examined in the psoriasis-only population. While the Toronto psoriatic arthritis screen has been found to be useful not only in the psoriasis, but also in the internal medicine population, which is great too, because you're screening in a different population. So that's why I think it's important to kind of understand where these screening tools are used and what specific population they may be used for. There's also little nuances, differences between these screening tools. Some have pictures in them to help patients understand what the words mean. Uh, Some really focus on patient symptoms. Others have a pictorial of the body. So I think that screening tools have been really come a long way. And it's really important to kind of understand how some of them differ so that you can use the appropriate ones in your setting. The National Psoriasis Foundation has used the PEST as these have the least number of questions and logistically can take the least amount of time to complete and score. And the most important thing I think for screening measures is not sort of which one, but is that we're using them. Patients can use any one of these to get to the common goal. And what's the common goal? Our common goal is that we want to find these patients earlier. So we wanna know whether or not if you have any symptoms that may be pertinent to psoriatic arthritis in these screening measures, that we get you to see a specialist as soon as possible. And remember, these screenings are not diagnostic, meaning that if you score positive on it, it doesn't guarantee that this is your diagnosis. It simply tells you that you have some symptoms that may be concerning for psoriatic arthritis and that you need to see a rheumatologist to confirm the diagnosis. So this is not a diagnostic tool, it's just a screening tool. So it's really important to make patient understand that if you score positive, it doesn't mean you definitively have the diagnosis. It just means that you have signs and symptoms that could be related to psoriatic arthritis and you need a further workup. And what are the risk factors for development of psoriatic arthritis? So this is a great question. We're always trying to find how we can get to these patients earlier. So psoriasis is the greatest risk factor for psoriatic arthritis, but there are a small segment of the population that gets arthritis before the psoriasis, but this is really rare. It does, in fact, probably happen a little more commonly in children than it does in the adult population. But by far, most people get psoriasis before psoriatic arthritis and an average of seven to 10 years prior lag time between psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. Other particular findings that are important are probably the location of the psoriasis. So what do I mean by that? So 
depending on where your psoriasis might be, you know, affecting your nails, your scalp, inverse psoriasis, these tend to have more development towards psoriatic arthritis than some of the other findings of psoriasis. But this is a big area of research right now. We're also looking at severity of psoriasis. It's somewhat controversial whether it's just the more severe patients with psoriasis that get psoriatic arthritis, but it does look like there's a wide variety of mild, moderate, and severe psoriasis that all still tend to get psoriatic arthritis. So that's not as clear cut. Since we do know that up to 30% of psoriasis patients can get psoriatic arthritis, many scientists are studying this, looking at different clinical features and clues, including genetic components. And the most exciting news is whether or not if we really slow down or prevent the psoriasis flares, will that also translate into less chance of getting psoriatic arthritis? So we don't know the answer to that, but it is something that many scientists are thinking about, whether or not slowing down the progression of psoriasis, treating to a more clear stage, would that decrease our risk for psoriatic arthritis? I must say that the MPF has put tremendous amount of efforts in setting a very high bar with lots of opportunities for grant funding focused on a cure. And at first, I have to say I was quite skeptical as since we don't really understand the etiology of psoriatic arthritis, how can we also then translate to find a cure? However, psoriatic arthritis is quite unique in that I just mentioned to you that everybody with psoriatic arthritis usually has psoriasis first. And this gives us a scientific basis to work collaboratively with dermatology and rheumatology scientists to work towards a cure. And the NPF has been really instrumental in creating funding opportunities to help scientists from multiple disciplines come together for a common goal to find a psoriatic arthritis diagnostic test and start building a framework towards looking at pathways to a cure. So you mentioned some of the physical signs associated with psoriatic arthritis that a healthcare provider can attribute to the disease. Are there other physical signs for psoriatic arthritis? Yes. So the most common thing that patients relate to is joint pain for symptoms of psoriatic arthritis. But for as a rheumatologist, the most important thing, in addition to joint pain, is having joint swelling. Because it is a swelling that tells us that this is an inflammatory arthritis. And swelling is sometimes rather difficult. It's not always just looking at your hands, you can tell, because sometimes there's soft tissue swelling. But what we're looking for is true synovitis, which is just a fancy word to say that the swelling is within a joint. And that's what we look for to help really confirm the diagnosis of an inflammatory arthritis or psoriatic arthritis. In addition, patients with psoriatic arthritis can have surrounding structures of the joints also affected, and we call that enthesitis or dactylitis. So enthesitis is where the tendon meets the bone, and that's an area around the joint that can get affected from psoriatic arthritis. And we also see something called dactylitis, which is a little easier to diagnose, and that's sausage toes or sausage fingers, where the entire tendon sheath can be involved, and therefore it looks more like a sausage because the entire finger is swollen. So these are some of the common physical signs that we see related to psoriatic arthritis. We also know that there are different domains of psoriatic arthritis. Sometimes it can affect your back. It doesn't always have to affect the peripheral joints. And that's called axial psoriatic arthritis. And those symptoms are a little bit harder to find because you don't really see anything when you look at the back, except on physical exam, we can see that the motion of your back is limited. And that helps gives us a clue that you might have an inflammatory back symptoms or axial psoriatic arthritis. We can also have different patterns of joint pains that tell us 
that you have psoriatic arthritis. So it can sometimes affect the first part of your fingers called the DIP joints, which are commonly affected. Sometimes you can have oligoarthritis, which is sort of four or five or less than four or five joints that are affected. So maybe one knee and maybe a couple joints in your hand. And you can present that way with psoriatic arthritis. So as I mentioned, there's sort of a wide spectrum. So it does make it a little challenging to really just give you one scenario of how somebody with physical signs can be attributed to psoriatic arthritis, but rather there's many different patterns that we see. So is it possible that a delay in diagnosis may be due to confusion with other forms of arthritis, like osteoarthritis? Someone may think that it's just part of getting older and not follow up with their healthcare provider. Yes, of course. So a delay in diagnosis is really one of our clinical gaps that I spoke about earlier. And what we really need to also understand is that many things can present with joint pain, which furthers the the confusion here. So many times patients with psoriasis will develop joint pain that has nothing to do with psoriatic arthritis. So sometimes we can have osteoarthritis, as you mentioned. That's sort of the wear and tear where the cartilage can thin over time. It is more common in patients over 60, 65 years old, but you could also get osteoarthritis from injuries as in your younger age where you develop sports injuries, which then can lead to accelerated osteoarthritis as well. And these will present in joint pain later in life. And if you have psoriasis, you might confuse this with psoriatic arthritis. You can also have other forms of inflammatory arthritis other than psoriatic arthritis. I had mentioned gout earlier also can be common as well. It's a, where you can get joint pain and swelling, but this is really due to more of an elevation in uric acid, and the treatment's very different for gout than it is for psoriatic arthritis. You can also have different pain syndromes like fibromyalgia that can also further complicate because you can get joint pain in, in certain areas. And that can also mimic psoriatic arthritis. So I think the bottom line is it's really important since there are other things that can mimic psoriatic arthritis that just because you have psoriasis and you develop some joint pain doesn't automatically lead to that diagnosis of psoriatic arthritis. And it's important to visit with your healthcare provider to get properly diagnosed. And if they're not sure, seeing a specialist such as a rheumatologist that specializes in all these mimics and also specializes in psoriatic arthritis could be very helpful. So when is the diagnosis of psoriatic arthritis actually confirmed? The diagnosis of psoriatic arthritis is a clinical one. So we do need to have many different items that we check off with a patient in order to confirm the diagnosis. We start with a good history and physical exam. So during the history, we really want to take a deeper dive into how long you've had these symptoms, where these symptoms are affected. Do you have a family history of some of these diagnoses as well? And then we go on to a physical exam where we not only look at where you're having the joint symptoms, but we also look at other things such as enthesitis and dactylitis. We look at where your psoriasis might be forming. And then we also look at laboratory tests. So although we, I said we don't have a single test for psoriatic arthritis, we do look at clues. We look at markers of inflammation, such as a CRP. We look to see if you have any anemia. We also look at imaging modalities. So we have access to x-rays, to MRIs, or ultrasound. So depending on what we find on exam, you might be asked to do one of these imaging modalities. Then we have to put all of this together in order to diagnose psoriatic arthritis. We don't really necessarily can diagnose you on your first visit with a rheumatologist, and that's really common for us and, and really is not to be alarmed at all. 
this is a lifelong diagnosis and we really want to come to the right conclusion. So we'd like for all of these tests to come together in order to confirm the diagnosis of psoriatic arthritis. So it's not uncommon to have a couple visits with your rheumatologist in order to diagnose you. We also want to see what type of psoriatic arthritis you might have, whether it's in a mild form, whether you might have a moderate form or a severe form, because that will help guide therapy. And given our current situation with social distancing requirements, are you diagnosing psoriatic arthritis patients via telehealth? It seems that could present some challenges given you mentioned the importance of a physical exam. Yes, for sure. So given the COVID pandemic, we are really changing the way we're delivering healthcare. I must say before COVID, I was pretty resistant to telehealth. We always had the option to do so, but I always felt that this would not provide as good care. And then came the COVID pandemic where we had to pivot rather rapidly within a week to telehealth. So my telehealth went from zero to about 90% telehealth. And I actually really enjoy it. I see the benefits of the patient in terms of time to commute and the ease to have these digital platforms. So I was a bit reluctant to have patients go through all of this challenging times with digital platforms to get on the right platform, a secure platform. But overall, I have to say it's been quite a positive experience. We've really been able to see patients where they are and help alleviate a lot of concerns and be able to start the workup for psoriatic arthritis. I do think that many of these patients that I meet in telehealth for the first time will still be coming to see me at some point where I can confirm some of the findings by a physical exam. But overall, I think this has really added to our ability to take care of our patients with psoriatic arthritis. Well, we've heard some similar comments from other providers and patients who are also adapting surprisingly well to the use of telehealth. So do you have any final comments about screening and diagnosis of psoriatic arthritis that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yes, I think it's an important to really arm yourself with as, as much education as you can around a disease that you were just diagnosed with. Many people hope that within a limited time with your doctor's appointments that you could get all the information that you need. But honestly, you know, everybody has different forms of psoriatic arthritis. Everyone reacts differently to getting a lifelong diagnosis. So all these must need to be managed. And I think one of the best ways to manage is to build a good connection with your dermatologist and rheumatologist. I think it's good to be armed with information and have time to absorb that information on your own time. I also think it's important to get to the right information. I think with this digital age, we can just simply Google things and you can have Dr. Google without really having anybody screen that information. So you have to become your filter and screen, and you have to develop resources around you in order to help screen things. If it sounds too good to be true, then I think you should question that, and you should bring questions to your next doctor's appointments. You should utilize reputable resources, such as the National Psoriasis Foundation, where everything on their website has been vetted through medical experts, as well as having all different programs where you can talk live to someone. Sometimes just reading something, you can interpret it differently. So there's many different ways a learner is. You know, some people like pictures, some people like narrative, some people like to talk in group settings. So I think it's important to find out what kind of learner you are and to 
get information that is reputable and that suits you as a learner. And I also think it's important to get properly diagnosed so in order to see the right type of subspecialty physicians as needed in order to get you on the right path as soon as possible. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Husney, for taking time on Soundbites today. We really appreciate your expertise, time, and insights about the diagnosis of psoriatic arthritis. There's certainly a lot to consider. If you have additional questions about psoriatic arthritis, catch our Psoriatic Arthritis Action Month webinars this Thursday and Friday. Hear rheumatologist Dr. Atul Diodar discuss psoriatic arthritis in the spine, and Dr. Oren Trome address questions about the disease in an open Q&A session. For more information and to register, go to www.psoriasis.org forward slash webcasts. During May, which is Psoriatic Arthritis Action Month, the Patient Navigation Center is offering three new quick guides on mobility, physical activity, and stretching. Request your free guide or submit your questions today by calling 1-800-723-9166 or by emailing education at psoriasis.org. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sound Bites for people with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. If you or someone you love has ever struggled with psoriatic disease, our hope is that through this series, you'll gain information to help you lead a healthier life and inspire you to look to the future. Please join us in a couple weeks for another inspiring podcast. You can find this or all future episodes of Sound Bites on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and the National Psoriasis Foundation webpage. To learn more about this topic or others, please visit psoriasis.org or contact us with your questions or comments by email at podcast at psoriasis.org.